A dispute also arose among the disciples as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Please be seated. Grace and peace. Love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. It's been said that there is nothing new under the sun. The more things change, the more they stay the same. We know how the world works, don't we? You do me a favor, I'll do you a favor. You scratch my back and I'll scratch your back. Quid, pro, quo, tit for tat. That's the way the world works. It's the way it's always worked. If you want to get ahead in this world, you have to know how the world works, and you have to play the game. We see it all the time, don't we? We see it played out in local Boards and committees, we see it played out in the state legislature, we see it played out in Washington. If you'll support my bill, then I'll be there for you on yours. If you donate to my campaign, then I'll remember you when the contracts are let. It's the way the world works. It's the way the world has always worked. We see in our gospel reading for tonight, the night that we remember and commemorate Saint Bartholomew, Nathaniel Bartholomew, apostle of our Lord, that the disciples of our Lord Jesus knew very well how the world worked. They were a part of it. Even the apostles of Jesus were not above jockeying for position, trying to figure out the pecking order, who was the most important. You can almost imagine them having this discussion. Well, I raised more money for the Lord Jesus than you did. I preached a better sermon. I made more home visits, therefore I'm the most important. Jesus called on me more than he called on you at the last session. Hey, when we were eating, I got the bigger piece of bread than you did. They were arguing among themselves as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. We see them doing this all the time. It wasn't too long ago that we had James and John arguing about if one could sit on the right and one could sit on the left when Jesus came into his kingdom. They did it all the time. I suppose you could say it's human nature. Sinful human nature, but human nature nonetheless. What about us? Are we above that? 
Are we beyond that in our life and in our world? Do we let how the world works change our hearts and our attitudes with how we treat our spouse, our parents, our children, our brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we more worried about manipulating someone else's behavior than doing the right thing? Are we loving and serving for what we'll get out of it down the road? Or because the love and forgiveness of Jesus lives and reigns in our hearts? We know the answer to that. There are none of us who are without sin. There are none of our actions, deeds, thoughts, words that aren't tainted at least a little bit with the sinful corruption that is in the world and resides in our hearts. Jesus hits it head on. Jesus knows, maybe he's overheard it, maybe he just knows because he knows everything, what's going on among the apostles. Worried about which one would be the greatest. Maybe worried about which one would have the most churches named after them 2,000 years later. Jesus teaches them and us a very important lesson. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. You think the way the world works, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, is something new? The Roman Empire lived and thrived on this. Whoever was in power would give away stuff, usually bread, or to the military people, land. They would give them the food and the sustenance that they needed, lower their taxes in order for their support. Some would even throw big games and spectacles so the people could be entertained. Are you not entertained? Well, if you are, then remember who's footing the bill for all of this. It's the way the world worked. Jesus knew it. He was in this world at that particular time. The disciples knew it very well. And Jesus says this is how the world works. People give away a little bit of their power or wealth in order to gain something for themselves. And then Jesus says, but not so with you. But not so with you. If there were ever words that a Christian needs to hear on a regular basis. It's these words. 
tempted by the devil, the world around us, and our own sinful flesh. We are tempted to go along to get along. We are tempted to play the game. No matter the cost. And Jesus says, not so with you. Not so with you. You're different. You've been set aside, consecrated. You have been baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are different. You belong to a different kingdom and a different king. Not so with you. And then he explains. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest. And the leader as one who serves. Jesus says, you know how the world works. Well, in my world, in my kingdom, with your new identity as a child of God, things work different. In fact, there is a great reversal. If you want to be great, then you serve. If you want to be a leader, then humble yourself and make yourself as one who is willing to learn, serve, and obey. Sounds backwards, doesn't it? Sounds backwards. If you want to get ahead, you got to fight and claw for everything you can get, right? That's what we've been taught. That's what we've learned in the school of hard knocks. And Jesus says, in my kingdom, it's just the opposite. For who is the greater? One who reclines at table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? Think about that. You go into a fancy restaurant. You know the kind I'm talking about. The kind you need reservations maybe weeks or months in advance. You go to the fancy restaurant and you wear your best clothes, dressed to the nines. You've been waiting for this. Maybe order that, that special bottle of wine or champagne. You're sitting there. You're ready to celebrate. And then... Then the waiter or the waitress comes. You take a look back at that picture. Who's the greatest? Well, obviously, the person who can afford that fancy restaurant and those reservations to begin with. Everybody knows that, right? Everybody but Jesus. Jesus says, but I am among you as one who serves. Jesus gives us a great example of what he is talking about. Monday, Thursday, the day Jesus is betrayed. You know, Garden of Gethsemane, kiss of betrayal, Malchus's ear chopped off, all those things that happened. What happened earlier in the evening? Jesus takes off his outer garment 
gets down on his hands and knees and he washes the disciples' feet. The greatest! It's not Peter or James or John or even Bartholomew. The greatest is Jesus. And Jesus humbles himself takes on the form of a servant and he serves my friends this example of Jesus service is an example for all of us who bear the name of Christ to emulate but don't you dare think that Jesus is only your example because if Jesus is only your example, you are still in your sins. Jesus surely humbles himself and serves the disciples, but he goes to the next level. Jesus, humbling himself, wearing flesh and blood, goes to Calvary's cross where he bleeds and dies the death we have earned and deserved. For all of the times we have manipulated and lied and schemed and tried to get ahead in this world. For all the times when we have played the game knowing that it was contrary to God's word and will for our lives. For all the times we have served and pretended to love for ulterior reasons and motives, for all of those sins and more, Jesus humbles himself all the way to Calvary. He bleeds and dies for us and for our salvation. You want to talk about humble service? The one who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. Every sin, past, present, and future, died with Jesus on that Friday we call good. Jesus is put into a new tomb. People are already rejoicing that the troublemaker is gone. But Jesus' humble service continues as he bursts forth from sin, death, and the grave for us. He overcomes our greatest enemy. Our greatest fear, death itself. Jesus talks about those who are kings over Gentiles and how they are called benefactors. You want to know what a true benefactor is? It's Jesus. He gives and he gives and he gives, expecting nothing in return. He gives his flesh and blood. He gives his life. And then he gives it all away in the waters of holy baptism. Forgiveness, life, and salvation are yours. He gives it away in His holy and precious Word. He gives it away in the holy absolution spoken into our ears. He gives it away in His body and blood in the Holy Supper. My friends, filled with His love, with His service, 
with His forgiveness, we are transformed. We are transformed from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. We are transformed from citizens of this world to citizens of heaven. And now with this new identity, now filled with the love and forgiveness and humility of Jesus Christ, we are free. We are free to live as children of God rather than conforming ourselves to this world. We are free to sacrifice ourselves for our spouse, for our family, for our friends, for our community, for our world. Not so that we can climb the ladder to heaven, that's nonsense. But it's because who God has made us in Jesus Christ. Each and every day, and sometimes each and every minute, we are tempted to conform ourselves to this sinful world and the way this sinful world operates. My friends, hear the words of Jesus. Not so with you. Not so with you. And when you ask yourselves, how in the world can I do anything or be anything different than what the world expects and demands of me? Look to Calvary's cross for the forgiveness, life, and strength that you need to live as his child. May God grant it to us all for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of